The thing I said about wearing black velvet pants. Yes, yes. Do you remember what you thought at the time? About your pants? <laughs> or yes. about your appearance with I us? feel like I need to ask this question about like... I don't remember the pants. I remember you being there, but I don't remember the pants. Of course you don't. So, <laughs> but I, why would you remember my pants? Because they were black velvet. Be- because you're still is. embarrassed but about it. We, we make these... How old are you? I'm 63. 63. You look good for 63. You look good for your 63. Well, it's so funny. I'm going to blow a joke in my act, but I don't care. Uh, bears repeating, but it is my act. I have, comics hate it when you... It's called an illegal spritz, but... It came from something I really thought and said, which was, you know, when people say you look great, the subtext is the unannouncement is for your age. Right. If I was 32 and I walked in, you'd be like, oh, my God, were you in a fire? (laughs) (laughs) What happened to you, dude? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But that's all you can do. I mean, you can shave as, what do you think, five to seven years it's not by, even, it's, by it's, it's not moisturizing about, and eating yeah, right. It's, and, you know. Some of it is not, you know, not looking older than you should, right? Being wrinkled Clean living. Up. It's yeah, yeah. my uh, motto. But, but a lot of it is just having a certain amount of vitality and uh, youthfulness in, your, in how you feel about yourself. Now, here's something I uh, <laughs> put forth as a, a theory that Cannabis if you have a, a lot, well, <laughs> the youth, the youth if, product. If you have a no, I, no. I would never smoke that. But um, if you have a, um, a lot of sex, as we were talking mm-hmm. before about your lovely sex life, mm-hmm. um, you live longer because the DNA in your body feels like this is a person who is recreating the species a lot. So we need to keep him alive. Now, this is a theory I am basing on absolutely but, but nothing fit, but what I pull out of my ass. I love it. But I want to believe it. I, I want to believe it, too. It, it fits with... <laughs> it fits well, with, if we want to believe it... No, it fits with evolutionary theory, right? If somebody's effectively surviving and reproducing, nature would go, well, that's probably good. That's what I say. I just can't believe I got you to sign on to it. He, listen, it's so funny you would bring this up. I've never said this to anybody. <laughs> but, but Ernest Borgnine was being interviewed on the Today Ernest Show. Borgnine. I swear to God, this, this, this has a payout, uh, I promise. Kids, use your Googles to he, find he out. He was who. 94 or something and yeah, being he, interviewed on the Today Show. And they asked him the question, my God, how do you look so good? And do you know what he answered? <laughs> <laughs> I masturbate all the time. <laughs> really? What he said on Wait, live TV. Ernest and, Borgnine at the age of 94 yes, said I masturbate all the masturbate time. Masturbate constantly. And I thought, well, that's interesting. Maybe they, maybe he's on to something. I think he was lying. You know, he, he they went around a couple times because they were like, oh, he's kidding. Went, no, no, I'm quite serious. I know, but I'm only 66. I say only compared to our next sport. And I've slowed down from... Oh, sure. The 60s is when you slow. But if you, have you talked to uh, Captain Kirk, to... Uh, uh, <laughs> William Chatton. William. He, he's amazing at his age. About what? Cognition and vitality. And so he's just... Fun. What, and what do you ascribe that to? The fact that he can pull it off? Yeah. Why is he so healthy? Well, the is genetics. It? I mean, some really is when you get genetics right down to Genetics play it. a role. Yeah. I feel like genetics is, is a little overhyped compared to lifestyle. It's always germs and genetics. Yeah. And I think, I the, think they are out of proportion to what it really is more, which is, you know, how we live. Well, which is, you know, don't drink poisons, which we're doing tonight. And, right. Uh, and exercise regularly and watch your diet. I drink so... I mean, compared to how I used to drink, you know, I always said to the kids today, you know, when, like, you're 30, your body's almost too good. Almost too good. Because the fucking beating you can give it. Yeah. And not pay. Yeah. See, you, we you, pay. We, why are we so careful now? Because we know feel the price in long-term health and just tomorrow or that night, or you know, it's just not on the. It's just not 100%. on the menu. How about just not getting a good night's sleep? I'm just destroying the next day. Exactly. Which was, I was never like that. You know, I needed I, for some reason. Here, answer this. Yeah. As a doctor, I went to. I usually sleep pretty good, although it may take me ten hours in bed to get eight hours of sleep. Yeah, I, I know that's exactly. okay. I know what you mean. But I get it. Yeah. I'm lucky. I can. Most people are not that lucky. They have to get it with an alarm. Yeah. I'm lucky, and I appreciate it. But I went to Jacksonville a couple of weeks ago. I did Birmingham, woke up Saturday. 
my normal time, 11 a.m. Flew to Birmingham, Alabama, did a show. Flew to Jacksonville, Florida, where I was playing the next night. Never slept. Mm. That night, all the next day, did the second show in Jacksonville on no sleep. Couldn't even sleep on the way back on the plane. I, from oh. the moment I left L.A., two cities, two shows oh. later, I never slept. That, why? What, is that something where your brain just forgets how to turn off for no apparent I mean, did reason? Did you go too bad and you just were spinning yes. and couldn't sleep? Yeah, just, and I'm not... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've had some nights like that too. And they're almost inexplicable sometimes when they occur. I'm saying it's yeah. it's like my body forgot how to just yeah. turn off. Yeah. And and sometimes I think there may be some sleep in there, you're just not perceiving it. That could it, be. I think that's part of it, but it certainly is not quality sleep. But uh, it was a good test of whether I <laughs> lost my marbles. Because, you know, as you age, you wonder, is, you know. and But to be able to do that second show on No Sleep, and not fuck Good it for up. You. Well done, man. That's, that's, <laughs> a, that's a deal. Yeah. I hope you didn't give me a COVID and diphtheria. And I'm <laughs> fucking with you. I've had COVID twice. I'm with you. Twice. Twice I had COVID. Did yeah. you have it twice? No, twice. I no. I had Alpha and then I had Omicron. Oh Jesus! It was awesome. Were you suffering either time? Alpha was rough. I was, I, Before I was try- the vaccine. Yeah, I was trying to get the vaccine and I got sick. Long story. So but. was it? Compared to a bad flu, what was it? Uh, it was oh, way worse. Way it, worse. It was nasty. Yeah, I, I had a moderate to severe case, and the monoclonal antibodies turned it around, like oh. in, instantly. It was unbelievable. I mean, that first, you know, the thing when it first came out had sharper claws. Yeah. It's, it, look, it, just, it was a rough, horrible thing. It's a horrible right. illness. There are lots of horrible illnesses. This was right. one of them. It was horrible. It's not that horrible anymore. No, Omicron was, if you've had, if you have natural immunity or, and or good uh, vaccination status, Omicron was nothing. And I saw exactly, 100 I mean, cases. What I keep saying just on an anecdotal level yeah. is that, I mean, I can read the statistics of there are a couple of thousand people still dying a day, mm-hmm. or they were as of whenever we're showing this a week in February. So, uh, okay, everybody, I know so many people, but I'm sure I got it. And didn't know I had it, which is the case for most people. Okay. But um, how could it be that everybody I know who had it, vaccinated and unvaccinated, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. has said it was nothing. It was like a hangover. I had it for five hours. It was a cold. And what is that? It tells me that if there are still people dying from it, Mm -hmm. it's such an unhealthy country to begin with. That even this mild thing can take you out. It is people who are, it's not exclusively, there are, I've seen idiosyncratic cases where Omicron has been pretty nasty. Any young person, seen it. But for the most part, it's the risk population. It's the elderly. It's people with multiple medical problems. Yes. That's who is tipped over. They were always tipped over by infectious diseases of, of all types. Of course. And it, everything else. Yeah. That's my whole thing is that, you know, unless we get, into our heads that the people have to participate in this battle. We'll be in shit. This is just the beginning. It'll always be something. And the answer will never be to like, okay, you have to just meet us halfway. If we're this unhealthy to begin with, any little thing is going to cause a panic. And make us do live crazy lives, masked and it's like we become hysterical. Tested every fucking yeah. week. It's just like, come yeah. on. We become histrionic. We become hysterical right. as a country, and it, it's very intriguing to me. Where did this come from? I, I started to read more books about crowds and manias and and you know madness of crowds and stuff because it's so uncanny to me. What was the thing at the beginning of it? Didn't you say something that they lost their shit about? Yeah. It? So, I, first of all, I was saying I could see the panic coming. I could see that right. what they were doing in Wuhan was what they, the journalists were pointing at and saying, we have to do that. And I thought, why? Literally, I, was, I had a local news broadcast <laughs> for the first year of COVID. And when they decided to close the schools down, I brought a school board person. I said, who told you to do that? Right. What doctor decided that? No doctors. We think it's, it's the like, right thing. Would they do that with any other issue? It would be like, uh, Johnson, uh, local election. See what the Communist Party in China. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> what is their That's policy? Right. I'd like a position. <laughs> we, we need to make sure we follow it exactly or maybe right exceed it. That. Exactly. And so there, that was going on. And so I got, I became hubristic. I, I, I overstated. I kept saying, calm down, stop it. Don't listen to these people. And at the time. No, that was I, just right. It was just right, but it was, it was too much. I said too much. And 
And, oh. I, and I missed how infectious it was and how brutal it was for some you people. You told so. the truth. I know that's irresponsible. I know. And I was crucified for it. That's, uh, yeah, there's so much crucifixion. You saw Whoopi. I don't like that. I don't, I like don't either. And I don't agree with her. And she had just attacked me. And I still am going to defend. Uh, that's the whole point of free speech. Is it, but it's know, also the point of being intellectually honest. You're, you don't like cancellation. You think it's a bad thing. And it goes. It gets everybody. It's not, don't, don't think you're going to be excluded also, from cancellation. But I don't like I, it for her. I don't like it for you. I don't believe she apologized and effectively i don't but it's just it's like it's so communist we make you kneel yeah or if you know the story of king henry the fourth the emperor henry the fourth who had to kneel in the snow at canosa do you know that from no. history you're not a historian. So i yeah. am a little bit history but not just oh. british history well, so it's, it's often uh you know referred to as the height of the power of the papacy in the middle ages right it was 1077 uh and the Holy Roman Emperor, the big dude in Europe, I forget what he did, but he pissed off the Pope. And the Pope made him travel to his country house in Canossa, Italy, and kneel in the snow for four days and nights. And he was the emperor. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I don't believe Whoopi meant that. And, and like... She's on an it's opinion like, show. Her, and it's her opinion. It's a crazy fucked up opinion. Yeah. You know, and I'm half Jewish. But Me too. It's, oh, really? Yeah. We're, we escaped the Ukrainian genocide, which a lot of people don't even know about. That's you raise my, your kids Jewish? No. Oh. I mean, a little <laughs> bit. A little like, bit. Instead of like, no. A little bit. <laughs> of course not. Jewish? I'm, I'm like you. I'm nuts. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm Jew. What, with the yeah, I'm crazy Jew, hair I'm Jew, Jew-ish. Yeah. <laughs> What's your wife? <laughs> She's... Uh, Check goy. Well, I just slap her ass when you said Because <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> that's sort of my habit. But what uh, religion? She was really sort of Protestant, you know. Sort of Protestant? I mean, she, it was loose, loosey-goosey, like, like with me. But definitely not Jewish. Definitely not. In fact, I thought she was for a long was time. Was she a shiksa goddess to you? Oh, yeah. Well, but, but I, I didn't really... I didn't, I don't like clubs, although I like club rant. <laughs> hey, I'm sitting right here. <laughs> but, what do you mean? But I don't like things where people are excluded. I, it really bothers me. I couldn't me. agree more. Yeah, and that's what bothered me about... Especially, especially there, when it's me. There's about to be a hit piece on me in L.A. Magazine because I made a piece. I said an issue about... I made an issue of, of uh, the vaccine passports, like, excluding people. I don't, I don't like that. And especially African-Americans who have been mistreated by my profession for 200 years. Right. They don't trust us. They shouldn't trust us. Right. Because of that distrust, you're going to exclude them from a restaurant? Uh, that's, that's not a personal choice. That's insanity. This, that's, this, that's segregation. There's so much uh, liberalism that went all the way around yeah. to woke. Yeah. And then got, they just went all the way around all to the way. The, exactly what... Good liberals were always fighting. Yes, I mean you know it's just insane it's how, how stupid. And do we sound like old men complaining? I don't care. You know that's their dumb argument. Is always <laughs> they never they never engage me on the merits yeah. of the argument because they can't because they'll lose. Mm. So it's like oh you're old. Yeah, but that's not an argument. Maybe no. I'm also right. Yeah. Maybe I'm right because I am old. Right. You know, like we're only the only stupidest country in the world that doesn't like have the idea that older people generally are wiser. Not always. You can be old and stupid. But in general, the more days you live, the more things you learn, the more things you've seen, patterns over yep. and over yeah, again. Yeah, you do. Like you were you, saying you, you do. a thousand cases of the same thing yeah. in, in medicine. Okay, so maybe that's why you're beautiful when you're young <laughs> and you're wiser. I mean, like every country in the world Thanks for gets giving us something. <laughs> on a very basic level. It's I, like the basic trade-off of life. Only this dumb fucking country wants to posit wisdom and beauty in youth. And it just doesn't exist. No, that's exactly right. We've done it. You know, we, you, when we were growing up, they did it in the 60s. Huge mistake. Did what? Get, posit wisdom in the youth. Remember? That's where it started. You're right. Well, that was the sure. first go around with it, and then we kind of got over yeah, it. They ended the war, yeah, because they didn't want to go. Exactly, and then they were like, you know, question, you know, what was it? Don't believe anybody over thirty. Remember that? And we were we were part of that. <laughs> You're right. Well, I was a little young for that, and so okay. were you. That was. I remember it though. I was a young adolescent. I remember. Yeah, but you know, like we were too young to go to Woodstock. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, we wouldn't be too young today to go to a Travis Scott concert. <laughs> but I would argue that it, it is right. I would argue it rained down on us, though. You know, we were, we were young and we were seeing all this, and it was you know the kids were absolutely. Us we, we were affected oh, yes. by it. I was twelve in yeah. nineteen sixty-eight, which was the if sixty-seven was the summer of love, that was the summer of hate. That was ten. Yeah. yeah, and I'm sure you were a bright Jewish kid. And so I was you, aware of it. I was you know, watching you it. Of the Democratic Convention in Chicago oh, yeah. with the violence, the assassinations of Kennedy and Martin Luther King, it was, it was two months apart. I mean, it was brutal. Yeah, I it was mean, a crazy time. But the fact that we are idolizing that time and sort of bringing it back is really well, it was dramatic. Yeah, it was dramatic, and it's dramatic now. Club Random is supported by SignalWire. If you've been on a video conference recently, you know how brutal the experience is with the current tools. Laggy, choppy video, crappy audio quality. It's painful and exhausting, but it doesn't have to be. That's where SignalWire comes in. SignalWire is a technology arsenal that allows developers to create better real-time video communication apps and do it fast. From the little things, like actually being able to hear subtle audio cues that help connect us in real conversations, to the big things, like being able to support broadcast quality audio and video for thousands of participants, SignalWire empowers developers to create more natural, real-time interactive experiences. And SignalWire provides developer-friendly APIs and SDKs to help you get your app up and running with a few clicks and a snippet of code, instead of months of complex development work. Visit SignalWire.com slash random to sign up for a free account and receive an additional 5,000 video minutes for testing your app or integration. Go to SignalWire.com slash random. Get communications APIs from the OGs of software-defined telecom at SignalWire. Go to SignalWire.com slash random today. We are supported by ZipRecruiter. If you're a business owner who's hiring, you probably face a lot of challenges when it comes to finding the right person for your role. There aren't enough applicants with the right skills, too many resumes to sort through, none of them accurate, and having no idea where to post the available job to find the right employee. That's why hiring can feel like trying to find a needle in a haystack. When you post a job on ZipRecruiter, their matching technology finds these qualified candidates for you and invites them to apply. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. No wonder ZipRecruiter is the number one rated hiring site in the U.S. So, while other companies give you too many options, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash random. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash random. Let, let me tell you a little story about how dumb we are. Uh, I think you'll like this. There's a book out there called Albion Seed. And Albion is the old name for the British Isles, like the ancient name. Oh, yeah, it. of course. And he, in this book, chronicles what, what was coming out of England and going where in the United States. There were basically three large, three or four large exoduses from England. And, you know, one was like Quakers, and one was New England and their Curing. whole thing. And the other was the northern, <laughs> the northern folks in Scotland and northern England. And they went into the Carolinas and remained... Yeah. Did, did you, were you a, a, a Game of Thrones fan? Yeah, sure. They were wildlings. They were like wildlings. They were maniacs. They would go from village to village, would take, take wives and steal them and marry them and fuck them. And, and they, they were nuts, alcoholics. And Irish. Irish Scottish, Irish guys, the Irish guys. And Gone with the Wind. Yep. She's Katie o- O'Hara. S- Katie Scarlett O'Hara. Yep. And the father has that accent. And yep. I mean, when I first saw the movie, I'm like, what the fuck is this? The movie's about the South. <laughs> right. And it's like, okay, land, Katie Scarlett, land. It's the only thing worth fighting for, <laughs> right. worth dying for. That's right. And they were a certain kind of nutty. And then the really yeah, warlike, the re- they were warriors. They were wildlings. Warlike. And, and the really nutty yes. ones, the really nutty ones, <clears throat> thought it would be a good idea to get in a wagon and go into the West. The really nutty ones. I mean, think about it. The, not one, the nuts came over here. The ones that were super crazy up in the north, already crazy, decided it was a good idea to risk their life to come here. And then, if they were really crazy, put their family in a wagon and go into the, the Native American territory. <laughs> right. It's, like, it's fucking crazy. And, and we wonder why we have, you know, if you look at, like, the mass shooters and stuff, a lot of them, are, it's all in the West. And, and that doesn't surprise me that much. It, it was 
we were the nutty of the nutty settling out here, and lots of addiction, lots of alcoholism, lots of violence. This country is all filled with people who had the courage and the craziness to run away. My family, Ukraine, run away, get out of there. Right. And uh, and it's there it was not that's a certain person you know that does that, and we are the well that that is one reason why America is so successful or yeah, has been it's because also, it's also like, our success yeah of course the people yeah. who got here were the most ambitious well ambitious and also they did not want to be encumbered they, yes. they, they wanted to be free and independent and uh, it's weird when we this, this you think term, we're losing that we have <laughs> I know a lot of people have it seems like now, it's I mean as a strange. country the idea of like you know uh, rugged rugged individualism rugged individualism uh, yeah. I think we I think you could make a case that we went too far with that, and to have a little communal respect is not a bad thing. But now we've gone <laughs> into some sort of weird territory where, literally, I was out jogging the other day and outside, and a guy with an N95 mask recoiled from me like I was on fire. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it was like I just I want to punch people. I did too. It made me I, angry. I also, when I see young people with a mask. Walking outside, it makes me angry. Alone, I'm just like, like you. Grow a pair of balls, you fucking pussy. First of all, you've got the good immune system, and I mean, that just says how much that generation was raised to to be afraid of their own shadow. Or we have done such a crazy job of helping people understand how this illness works and who's really at risk and what the risk is. Did you do you see the study out of Stanford with the bike riding? They, they took all the bike riders in Stanford and, and looked at how many were wearing a helmet versus how many wearing a mask. <laughs> 20% helmet, 60% mask on bikes at Stanford outside, the brightest kids in the country. Can I you wear a helmet when I masturbate because... <laughs> you get a little vigorous, you know. You could... I, you could uh, I, I just, I can't anymore. I don't know. And, and well, the thing listen, where, early in the pandemic, one of the things I was asking, I would ask Corolla, I'd say, when do we become such pussies? When, like, when did that happen? Such pussies. When did that happen? I, I don't... I well, don't. it happened slowly. When did it happen? It happened every day over years. I well, mean, What do you think of Sean Penn's comments about it being an issue of, this is a very, this is treacherous territory, but I thought it was, he, he threw down an interesting gauntlet. You what did he say, Sean? Penn? He said that men essentially become feminized and men need to be men I again. I said that fucking twenty years ago, and like, <laughs> I remember getting it was in my Broadway show in two thousand three, and boy, I don't think they liked it at the New York Times. Hmm. You know, Shocking. it's just you can't be you can't be honest about that. Well, of course I will, and fuck everybody, but uh, it, it's just it's just one of those things. But yes, uh, I had a long thing about. How we have become a feminized society in, in, in the sense that there, and it's not like these traits, it's a bad, it's a loaded term because the traits I don't necessarily think of as being owned by men. Right. But, um, you know, sensitivity over truth, mm-hmm. um, that to me is an example of a feminized, and women shouldn't get blamed. They can be just as truthful and not sensitive. Men can be oversensitive Correct. too. It's just using those terms and, and we, we should change the terminology for it but that was the idea of those kind of you know safety being more important than anything and Which safety is, is important but we we've lost the balance yeah that's what that means yeah. so i may have expressed it in no i agree 100 percent. That, that that is the issue of getting the balance right it's, it seems out of whack very, very... Well, we have become pussified, but, I mean, they, every generation <laughs> thinks that of the one after that. I mean, my, the, yeah, we were we thought of as pussies. Yeah, that's true. We were. We were aren't we the me generation? Yeah, yeah. Wasn't I, that the that's boomers? Us. Yeah. Okay, we were already me. I remember I used to do that bit about Whitney Houston's, uh, you know, the greatest love of all is happening to me. You remember that song? Yeah, I do. It was just... Something you couldn't imagine 20 years earlier, somebody singing that anthem to themselves. That's right. Me, 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 It's just, and then every generation gets more and more. It seems. Weak and frail. I mean, I thought it was going to reverse optimistically after millennials. I thought Gen Z would go, and no, Gen Zs are even worse. Really? 
of don't I, you I, think so? I don't know. I don't know them well enough yet. I would well, hope they're that the they were gonna... They're the Jonathan Haidt? Yeah, oh, Haidt. Haidt. Yeah. What is it? H-A-I-T-T. I know, Haidt. but I say Haidt. it wrong yeah. every time. I'm terrible yeah. with names. Anyway, he's a great writer. I think he's the one who identified that all this woke shit that we think of has been going on for a very long time. It's really from 2015. That's wow. when you have you start with microaggressions yes. and safe spaces right. and cry rooms and like it's just like the millennial thing got even crazier. Yes, even more sensitive. Like just everything. Well, it, there's an interesting kind of piece in there. I, I always thought about, which is you remember when we were kids, you, you didn't want to be the man. The man was to be pushed against. You know, it wasn't cool oh, to be yes. the man, right? Sure. And I think our generation grew, in, grew up sort of not wanting to be the man and therefore not wanting to be the adult either. Right, oh, no. and And so college administrators refuse to do their job of being the adult because they don't want to be, they, they remember when they were in college and were demonstrating against the college administrators, they didn't want to be parents like them. Parents refuse to do their job. It's the same thing. It's same thing same. with parents. No, it, and it bleeds all the way through society. Yeah. The, the whole woke thing to me is like the Democrats, the leaders of the party, they're the parents, yeah. they're the college administrators. And just like in homes and in colleges, yep. they won't tell the people, the kids, who are acting crazy, you're acting insane. Right. Buckle down. Yeah. Shut up. Listen. They let them run the asylum. Yeah. And so they run the media. They they run a lot. Yeah. And they and it's the ideas are, you know, very often loony. Um, but it all starts to me with the parenting. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. you and know, I was one I, of those parents. I I was uh, too lenient. I was not lenient, and, and, I, and I really, the one thing we didn't talk about at the bar was the, 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 my kids really, really worked hard academically, and their peers did too. They were, they were, they were doing all the sports and the this, and the, they really, really worked hard. And we, we thought about that as evidence of us being, you know, good parents. You know, we were getting them to perform, because really that's what our parents were always trying to do to us. We were sort of slackers a little bit in our generation. And it, we missed the fact that I don't know that somehow we weren't being adult enough with them in terms of what we, what we, how we participated with them and all that. What do your kids think about the fact that you have such a good sex life with their mother? You know, that has only become sort of part of the public conversation <laughs> sort of recently. <laughs> because I do a show called After Dark with Tom Segura's platform over there. Isn't that a Hefner show? It, it's, it's a little, it's a really, yeah, I know. It's a little, this is, by the way, a little bit like that. But, but this, you know what I mean? After Dark stuff. Oh, but, yeah. but this show is really sort of a new incarnation of Loveline. But I've had my wife on a oh. few times when she has sort of unloaded some facts. And I was like, all right, here we go. Can I do it? Sure, of course, hell yeah, anytime. We do it in Austin, though. You have to be in, in Austin to do it. Or I can Austin. zoom you in. That's where everybody is. For this You live podcast. in Austin? No, I'd fly down there to do those podcasts. Once a week? No, no, like once a month. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah Austin is becoming the new uh, something. Yeah. What? The new what? Buenos Aires? It's, I don't know. <laughs> it's, well, the, I guess the guys go down there because they want to be free. Yeah. You know, I want to be free, too. I mean, there is a lot about California that pisses me off. Yeah. But, you know, I tell you, I, I can't leave Club Random. I, you know, it's like... There's a lot here. There's, there's a lot here. The, this year, I, I never understand this. The uh, climate... A giant disaster. The weather, delightful. <laughs> <laughs> it's early here. It is. Right? A little more rain, Western, a little well, cooler. I mean, it, we had a little rain. Yeah, it's Not good. nearly enough. But am I wrong about that? Was not this 2021? Wasn't the weather yes. basically Gorgeous. delightful? Yes, beautiful. <laughs> Welcome to Southern California. You know, it's funny. It, I, it's like, it's... <sighs> I, 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 I thought of you... Um, Oh, shit, I'm having a COVID block. This is what happens to me still. Yeah, uh, and look who's got the joint in his head. Yeah, I know, I, but I do, at least once an hour, I'll do this thing where I'll be in the middle of a conversation. Right. And then You're it comes blaming back. that on COVID? No, I'll tell you why. With aging, it goes away, it doesn't come back. With COVID, it's back within 180 seconds. What is? 
with my thought. It just comes back. Randomly. Yeah, but you're blaming that on COVID that you have. I've only noticed it since COVID. I, I had the blocking of aging, and it goes away, and that's the end of it. But this is very unique because it goes away. You know, I don't have COVID problems like that. I remembered who Ernest Bork. (laughs) (laughs) And for you, he was great in Ice Station Zebra. How dare you? He was great. It's so funny when you're a kid and you watch in our era and you watch sitcoms. You're watching people who were movie stars in another era that your parents and are aware of. And we didn't know of, that. And we didn't know it. You know how to go, I didn't know Fred McMurray oh, had a I movie know. career. Yeah. I didn't know Ernest Borgnine yeah. had a movie career. I didn't know all these people. And yes, Ernest Borgnine was Marty. I had the craziest conversation. But then I loved him on McHale's Navy. Best, That's who right? he was to <laughs> me. He's Commander McHale. <laughs> 100%. And then, uh, wasn't he on the Poseidon Adventure? Was that good? <laughs> yes, he was. He was married to the whole. That's right, to Stella Stevens or whatever her name was. But let's well, stop with he the old man. He was but, fucking proud of it. Oh, shit. Now what was I going to tell Now my brain is, is tiring. Look, Too much I have tequila. an excuse. It's funny. I'm drinking your tequila. I have tequila. an excuse. And you, your excuse now, is Ernest COVID. Bordine, that's fucking uh, Oh, I, I had the craziest conversation with Don Wells. Do you know who Don Wells is? Of course it is. Marianne from Gilligan's Island. Marianne, when Gilligan (laughs) got busted for pot, because he lived like in Oklahoma, he was getting it through the mail. You know who was sending it to him? Don. Yeah, that sounds like her. She was a pretty cool chick. And she said, she told me the story that, uh, what's her name, Natalie Holloway, who played Mrs. Howell? Natalie, but she was a famous movie star. Oh, something else oh, you I didn't, didn't know. That. Huge movie. I still career. don't know that. Huge. Really? And they, she said she and Natalie were at Pink's getting a hot dog. Gilligan's Island had been on the air two or three weeks, and a crowd gathered at the window to watch them eat their hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she said, she said, Natalie, she goes, how weird that you have this huge movie movie career, nobody <laughs> noticed you, and now we are fucking cartoon characters on television, <laughs> and people can't get enough of us. And I thought that was a really interesting observation. Isn't that funny? How, how great is it, though, that Marianne got Gilligan is fucking dope. Yeah. And she I, cared. I, she cared, and she loved him, and mm-hmm. that was... And they did a series together, and, you know, that's who, who everybody come, becomes friendly with who they work with at work. Yep. That's you right. Know? I mean, I remember the guy at... Uh, was it McDonald's? Yeah, I think he was the CEO of McDonald's. Mm. I think he had to step down because he was... Dating someone in people meet people at the office. Yeah, I know. It, and, I don't know how you manage it. I, you have to get attorneys involved just to have the relationship. But you, that's you where people meet. I, I know what you're saying, but there's a there's yes, a you, there's been a history of yes. abuse of authority, right? And so when there's an when there's a positional imbalance, the person underneath gets protected. But by that the should be if the woman is complaining about yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I agree. This with is you. not. I don't it's, th- it's infantilizing I don't. to the partner. That's uh, correct. That's, yeah, it's a little bit uh, problematic. Um, I don't think the McDonald's dude. Again, I'm not a fact checker, but I don't think that was a case of he done me wrong. Yeah. I think it's a case of <laughs> I got the look across the room from. Stacy from accounting, and we started dating because we're humans, and we, and it's working for us. And now you all come in, you know. I, I remember um, Elliot Spitzer, the disgraced, mm-hmm. because he, you know, <laughs> saw a prostitute. He yes, in Washington. It's funny because he was always like volunteering to do a testimony in Washington because that's where the hooker was. Oh. So it would be like, you know, the, this oh. child tax credit thing, I'm, I'm awfully good oh, no. on it. So he had an excuse to go to Washington. Okay. Yeah. And I say that, I like the guy, but I always said that was kind of funny. You yeah, know? Funny. Uh, Amber's Law, I think I could be a real voice on that. <laughs> you know, Victimless crimes? Well, I got something to say about that. Mohair subsidies, I have been all over that issue for a long time. I'll tell you what is tro- troubling, though, is that so many people that project stuff that's going on in them out to the world. That's a problem. Hasn't it always been? Mm, that's, a, that's been out of control. It's a narcissistic, it's a narcissistic thing, yeah. thing and, it's, and it's been out of control lately. That people see the things they disavow in themselves and oh, everybody yes. else. Yes, and, Project, and the, yeah. projecting and mind reading and all this stuff is very destructive. It really, it's not how it works. 
And and that that's how, well, kind of how we're. Because you're a fucking egomaniac. <laughs> <laughs> well, so my friend Jimmy has all kinds of trouble sleeping, and he recently told me that he has found the solution: a Helix mattress. He's obsessed with it. Can't stop talking about it. It's all I ever hear. Helix, Helix, Helix. It's easy to unbox. The sleep quiz was super easy, and how he wakes up feeling rested and refreshed. I'm like, I think I liked you better when you were exhausted. Bottom line, Helix is awesome. Helix Sleep has a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Everybody's unique, and Helix knows that, so they have several different mattress models to choose from. So if you're looking for a mattress, you take the quiz. You order the mattress that you're matched to, and the mattress comes right to your door, shipped for free. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2021. And by GQ and Wired magazine, Helix leads the nation in putting chiropractors out of business. Just go to helixsleep.com/random, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights, risk-free. Helix even has financing options and flexible payment plans, so a great night's sleep is never far away. Helix is offering up to two hundred dollars off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at HelixSleep.com/random. Julia Child is back, the original celebrity chef, the trailblazer, the feminist icon, the woman who made America fall in love with French cuisine and who turned cooking into a spectator sport. Listen to Dishing on Julia. The companion podcast of the HBO Max original series *Julia*, where host Carrie Diamond interviews the show's creatives, cast, and crew for some delicious behind-the-scenes insight. Stream new episodes of *Julia* on HBO Max and listen to *Dishing on Julia* wherever you get your podcasts. But, but you know what's interesting? I've also noticed one thing that um, COVID taught me is that people have a fundamental bias. They either have an optimism bias or a pessimism bias. And yeah. mine's an optimism bias. I, I, I'm a little, I want, to, I want to cheer on, I want to move through, I want to minimize the negative. And that today is considered dangerous or something. The pessimism bias controlling... What, what determines which one you get? Cause, uh, we don't know. It's just sort of a cognitive bias, you know, why people arrive at the certain biases they have. I, I have trouble telling where yours are. I always thought you had a little pessimism I do, bias. I, you know what? <clears throat> it, I... <clears throat> It depends. You know, I always say, if there's something to worry about, I will worry about it. Yeah. So it's made me a very careful person in my life in general because I don't want to give myself something to worry about. Yeah. Also, I don't do anything bad, you know? I know. I was raised by Bill and Julie Marr. Yeah. They knew what they were doing, and they didn't raise an asshole. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I certainly have... <laughs> Been at my moments, you know. Likewise, where the days we discussed it tonight with Chris. I mean, we were we were were unholy terrorists, like in the nineties. We really were, but boy, did we have a good time. But um, if I was my twenty-eight-year-old self, I would say, (laughs) um, you know, I was born on the cusp astrologically of Aquarius and Capricorn. Uh. I've when I was in my twenties, I put credence into this. Um, I don't like completely disavow anything because we don't know what right. the fuck, but right. I really don't. I don't know, but <laughs> it's funny how seductive it is when you hear the... Anyway, they did the chart and they said, two people, they said, you were born at 10.32 at night, you were to the minute on the cusp. Wow. And Aquarius is supposed to be like... Uh, Creative, you know, mm-hmm. that's you know, a lot of ideas. It's more optimism. Yeah. Capricorn, the goat, is more like you get things mm-hmm. done. You know, and there's many ways I can only be singular, you know. Mm. Um, anything I try to do where you have to use like a lot at once, like piano, couldn't ride a motorcycle, mm. you know, I could never play drums. Mm. I'm good at I, I can't write a screenplay really because it's many characters. I'm good at focusing on one thing mm. and telling you, this is what I think, this is what it is, and drive toward a point. That's the Capricorn. You side. know, it's interesting, and yet within that, you have creative insights. That's why yeah. I think, yeah. <laughs> again, this is, this is like my sex makes you live longer theory. I'm just pulling it out of my ass, kind of. But astrologically, it's like I get the ideas from the Aquarius side, yeah. and then I, the Capricorn 
makes them, because Aquarius tend to like go off in the air and you have too many at once. Well, let's at least least say this. Whatever it is, just words describing concepts, it does accurately describe your constitution. So maybe I'm both optimist and pessimist. It's kind of how I experience you. I mean, I I can turn to pessimism, but I got to like, you know, (laughs) not if I like have to like suffer. (laughs) That would be bad, you know. (laughs) I mean, well, but for instance, I mean, the pessimists were definitely in control during COVID. You know, everything, and, and just the fact that you're saying you got to live, you have to take risks—that's well, all the optimism bias. But like, some people are happy or not happy, sort of not based on the things which you would think would make them happy or not happy. Mm. Whereas I think mine are actually aligned to that. Like, no one gets to this age without having had health issues. Mm. I've had them. We're not going to go into detail, but when you have to think about your health. All the time for a period. I'm sure you've had the same thing. I have all kinds like of nothing fun. is really fun. Nothing is oh, really. Hey, you, good. You're getting me on the end of an episode of diverticulitis, which had me like so Wait, fatigued and what? What is that? Diverticulitis. It's a. I've heard the word. Okay, these are outpouchings from your. It's like having appendicitis on the left side as opposed to the right, caused by a little different process. And what it's causes these divert genetics. These little tick. These little pouches in your colon to get infected and filled, and you get sick. And it oh. knocked me down for three weeks. And I just started feeling normal today. How do they treat it? Well, antibiotics, lots of antibiotics. Oh, and then, and then, terrible. And then now that this has gotten so oh. bad for me, they got to cut out that piece of colon, so I'm going to see a surgeon on Monday. Oh, really? Yeah, because yeah, I'm sick of this shit. I'm, I want to take care of it. This is ridiculous. Oh, hey, did, so oh, getting sick. old sucks. Look how I my prostate's you, out. But you look great. I look great. I still <laughs> fuck my wife regularly. <laughs> it's like, this is... Yes. That, uh, can I ask you a question about please, that? Please, please. I know that intrigues you greatly. I, it so does. Like, and this is a question I kind of want to ask any married person. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not in a snarky way. I'm yeah, just yeah. like, it, because it's based on like, remember, I've been in long-term relationships. Yes. You know, when you're in a long-term relationship where you've already been with the person a lot, you're living together. Yeah. How do you know when to throw down? Sex? <laughs> yeah, throw down. It's, it, it's like, it is, I, I just never got, I never understood it, that. It is um, different for different couples at different times. Is there a cue? Is there um, a... Is there it's, a... it's weirder than that. Because, <laughs> weirder because than that? I tell you why, because sometimes <laughs> women have this thing where they want to be uh, approached and then they find a... Tr- unappealing <laughs> when you do it's like this weird what? come after me but n- not right now. it's weird they, they can be sort of oh, they want to affirm that they're attractive they want to know that actually bone you sometimes but, but <laughs> and so <laughs> so like they're a, usually a father, son, in, usually, usually what Thanks, happens is, no usually what happens is you the relationship works out a set of cues you sort of, I you, said cues. You sort of set up. That was my cues. guess. And the the more hum- the more playful, <laughs> the more funny they can be, the the better uh, they to be utilized. And and be prepared to have your partner say not not right now, but make sure that you know everyone's getting their needs met regularly. So not right now, it's not that big a deal. You don't feel def- deflated by it. I, I, people always ask me what what is this. I, I am as into my wife now as I was when I first met that's, her, and that's that, insane. That's, that's insane. You're, so, you're the luckiest man. So A, it's lucky. B, it was my instinct that I really, really, really was into this person. She's a specimen, still at 60, or 60 whatever. And you know, Suzanne Summers talks like this. I know. I've heard her say it. I've heard her say the same thing. Do you ever think it, of cheating it, with her? No. <laughs> not, not, not recently. <laughs> Trying to fuck up your life, which is working perfectly. But, except and, for the diverted <laughs> That's a nightmare. And then, and then the other thing, it's, it's like recovery from alcoholism. It's one day at a time. What, what do you mean? In the sense that it, today I'm just as into it as I was yesterday. And as long as I'm into that's, it today, I probably will be into it tomorrow. That's, it's uh, it's kind of like you have amnesia. It's like there's a, there must be a certain amnesia because there's, to most, the vast majority of men, what is exciting is, is New, newness. Yeah, new. That bit I used to do in my old active made like anyone who's with a stick up their ass hate me, had a, had a bit about that because it was after the Hugh Grant thing. Yeah, yeah. And I said, what people, it's like, how could he do it? He has Elizabeth Hurley yeah. at home. And I was explaining to them, it's not about beautiful or not. It's about old or new. Okay. It's not about big tits or yeah. small tits yeah. or blonde hair. It's like old and... That has a name. Do you know what it's called? 
It's called the Coolidge effect. The Coolidge effect. Do you know effect. why it's called the Coolidge effect? Because Calvin Coolidge was a famous pussyhound. Well, that. But <laughs> well, so, that is so. <laughs> no, they used to maintain federal farms. And once a year, the first lady and the president would go tour the farms. It's just sort of formality. Oh, so it is Calvin Coolidge. Calvin Coolidge. Okay. Who went to my college. They toured uh, the farms? Toured the federal farms. They maintained federal farms. And one year, the... Why, first, for a famine or something? I, I don't know what the history is of why we had that. It's, it sounds like a post-Civil War kind of thing that you know went into mm-hmm. the early 20th century. And, and, and the first lady was the first group to arrive at the chicken coop. <laughs> and the the farmer held up his prize rooster and said, uh, Mrs. First Lady, I, I just want to point out to you, this is our prize rooster. He can copulate at least 100 times a day. Oh. To which Mrs. Coolidge said, please point that out to the president when he comes around. <laughs> and the farmer was deflated and embarrassed. And so she moves on. And now the president comes. Calvin Coolidge is there. He goes, Mr. President... Your wife, the first lady, asked me to point out to you our prize rooster, <laughs> who's able to copulate at least a hundred times to a day. To which Coolidge said, "With the same chicken," uh, <laughs> and, that, and that became the Coolidge effect. Is that like in books? It's, if you Google it, if you Wikipedia it, you'll find the Coolidge effect. You know, he was, but he was known as Silent Cow. Yep, he apparently was very lo- not loquacious. Yeah. And the story is, some woman came up to him at a White House event and said, "My husband bet me." I couldn't get three words out of you tonight. And he said, you lose. <laughs> <laughs> he was apparently very funny and very clever. Well. But very, of, very, uh, what do they call it? Of uh, all the Coolidge stories I tell, <laughs> I'm only going to tell about four or five more. <laughs> <laughs> he went to my college, so I heard all about it. When I, he went to Amherst College like I did. So, oh, oh my goodness. Calvary. This is so fun. God bless Club Random. You, you need to... Um, yeah, come here more. You know, I'll I mean, come. it sounds like. <laughs> I'll, I'll I mean, here. I never really uh, got high with you, <laughs> you know, and well, drunk and it, fucked up. You're really a great company. Uh, I always liked you, but I never knew you like this. Well, let's do more of this. I'm, I'm delighted to be. I, I always had affection for you, and I had admiration for your thinking. You don't back down from what you know to be rationally so, and that's yeah. That. It gets more and more onerous to do that. You know, it I mean, seems like it, but it's more and more important, though. Well, one reason I wanted to do this mm. is because, um, and you know, I am giving up nothing from my real job. Right. I am not stealing one minute yeah. from my normal work week. I work on that show a lot. Yeah. And this, obviously, not at all. <laughs> it's a d- completely different thing. It's yeah. a difference between a jam band and Making Sergeant Pepper. That's Not right. that I'm really making no, either, that's either right. one, but no, that's right. And and people know. want to hang out at the jam band here. You play. They, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, they want to do both. Yeah, yeah. But the stress in you know just this atmosphere we, we live in, where everyone is just trying at all times to just get a scalp on the wall. They, they don't, it's so much bad faith. They don't. That's a great word. They don't care. Yeah about social justice, half of them, they just want to find something to get somebody on, yeah. you know? Yeah. And in that atmosphere, you're just, it's like, people, people can't relax the way they used to. I remember the show, we, one of the shows we did after 9-11, um, obviously, <laughs> obviously not the one where I got fired from, but one of those. <coughs> or maybe it was that show. Maybe it was early in that show. And uh, one, one of the guests said... Uh, you know, we're all sitting here very nervous, like we could get lost or canceled. They didn't have the word canceled, but that's what he was saying. It may have been one of the first references to that phenomenon. Interesting. We're all worried that we're going to say the wrong thing. Maybe it is after I, it must have been after I, <laughs> when I was going to be a goner. Okay. And I feel like that's now a permanent condition. Fixture. Yeah, it is a permanent condition. And it, you know, my goal was always from the beginning in TV. Can I get real talk on television? Because usually the two are just so far from each other. I know. I mean, I like a lot of these hosts personally, but, you know, the show is just not like them. Mm-hmm. And it's always been an effort to get more and more. You're going to love doing this. 
I do love doing because it. it's just it's it, what I would be doing anyway. On a it's Wednesday what you'd be night. doing anyway. It's it's yeah. authentic, and you don't have all that infrastructure. You can just deliver yourself directly to an audience who wants to hang out with you. It feels like you're always in a lot of areas, but certainly media. You know, you have to be like one step ahead of the law. In the, as far as like, <laughs> so true. You know, That's right? Like, right. where can we go that we're not like hounded and yeah. there's, and I'm sure they'll fucking overregulate this shit and you know it's it's always yeah. But it's funny that my image of podcasting. You know, sometimes you have a, I'm sure you know, a, a something stuck in your brain, and then one day you realize, oh. I needed to update that four years ago, you know. Yeah. And you don't because yeah. you just you didn't think about it. So yeah. you still have the old. And my last, until a couple of years ago, my last image of podcasting was like when it was new. Yeah. And it was different. Of, a lot of guys were getting it. And yeah. it was like, and I heard about friends of mine. And so I told my agents one day, it's like, why, why can't I get a podcast? And they went, you fucking moron. The people who bring podcasts want what you have. Yes. That's well, right. Yes, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. But that changed. That changed. I mean, and again, my love is my real show. Yeah. I feel like it's a, it's for grown-ups. Yeah. But I'm, the amount of grown-ups in America is getting smaller and smaller. I would argue. This is for everybody. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> but but I, I would argue your voice has become. I hope so. But again, it's only the grown-ups watching. I mean, last week we talked, the subjects were, I thought about it, I said, the subjects were the ACLU yeah. and NATO. Now, if I said that to the average person on the street, under 40 especially, uh, what's that? Yeah. Which one? Both. Do they know what the ACLU is? Do many, they know what NATO is? Many I mean, it, I will never not want to do the show for grown-ups because, I, again, I do think it's important. There are... Where this country is really going to come apart in four yeah. years? Well, it, it's time for the grown-ups to be adults. To, the adults in the room to be adults. It's time. It really is. When, and who do you define as the adults? Well, you know, people that are willing to speak honestly and frankly, and to, no. you know, no. and, you know, it's 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 just and, and people to say no to other people. You know, I, I, there's and not be so partisan and yeah. be like, you know, not everything has to be. Either Trump or woke, you know. Isn't that weird? I mean, that's why I feel when I'm. The thing I did last week on the show was about kind of like barking back at the people who say maybe you've changed. I'm like, I didn't. Oh, I saw that. Oh, I get that shit too. That's what the LA Times, the LA LA Magazine articles. Right. He used to be so smart. I didn't. I've not changed at all. Right. You all have changed. Exactly. You have moved the goalposts. You have changed everything. I am exactly the way I always was. Me too. Yeah. I said. I, I am the same pot-smoking, unmarried, childless libertine I always was. I said, you can accuse me of a lot of things, but not maturing. Yeah, yeah. Come yeah. to Club Random. Yeah, yeah. it's the same. And I, I, I haven't seen you, Jay. No. And Carola gets pop- a lot of this, too, and he is exactly the same. Saying precisely the same but stuff. But he was always, always more saying. right-wing than I was, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You but guys are different. crazy right-wing. But neither of you are saying, I'm not hearing you say anything different than I heard you say 15 no, years ago. No, no. No, I mean, they changed the goalposts. Oh, my God. And so, but that's okay, because I feel like there is a, I I hear it from people all the time, there is a hunger for what we're talking about. People have not completely forgotten sanity. Correct. And common sense. Correct. I'm getting on the road for the first time ever, politically mixed audiences. Oh, that's interesting. That never happened. That's good. That's healthy. Very good. Yeah. And I, I see, like, I'll do Trump, lots of scathing Trump jokes, and they're like, there are Trumpers there who are, like, not really buying it, but they laugh. They laugh you know? and it's he, funny. He's a funny, prepos- funny. And he's a preposterous figure. They understand that, you know? I mean, so, and then liberals have said, look, I see some people like, oh, when I start... I mean, I see some of that, and but basically everybody is laughing together. Yeah. We got to get back to that. Well, I mean, this country has got to get back to not hating each other to yeah. be able to sit down with anybody. We we always look to comedy for that. I mean, where have the comedians been? And the comedians usually push back on the man 
instead of they be, they become exactly. the man. They become so the man. Same with the musicians. Neil so Young. You think Neil Young was out there exactly. fighting against the Vietnam War? That's what he, I thought. He became the man all of and a sudden. You are the man, dude. That thing you hated the most. It's, I, it's you're unbelievable. You're so right about that. Yeah. That's such a perfect, great yeah. theme. Yeah. And it's sort of, um, I mean, it, it's almost inevitable as we age that, sure. that a lot of people are going to get picked off by that. And I remember being at a party about five years ago, and I'm not going to say who it was, but a Hollywood actor, never a giant star as an actor, but kind of an iconic figure, and about 10, 15 years older than me. I certainly saw him in movies when I was a kid and wanted to be him. Yeah. And uh, so I'm at this party, and I don't know, we got to talking. I used to hang out with him a little bit. He was such a you know, great-looking, but also... Like nice, yeah. you know, like played against type. So um, he told me that night that not only had Obama ruined the country, but he did it on purpose. Oh. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, Tell on purpose. <laughs> Tell me more. Right. And it's like, <laughs> wow, you got sucked into the Fox News vortex. Mm. People do. Mm? They get sucked into this vortex. Well, they get in both on both because I'm such a moderate independent. Right. I see I'm, the vortices on both I sides. Do t- no, I'm they drive me crazy. No, they, yeah. and people get sucked into a woke yeah. yep. vortex, and that's like, where did your mind go? Mm-hmm. I, a friend of mine just told me about a conspiracy theory. I was, I was, I had not heard it. He was stunned that I had not heard it, and I was, felt guilty that I had not heard it. He said, now "You help me out with this." That there was a conspiracy amongst the state attorney generals. I think he said to be able to decertify elections in multiple states. So if Trump loses the next election, they'll be able to overturn it. Oh, yeah. I never heard this. It's kind of crazy. Well, it's, well it's, all this stuff is coming out now about how much Trump tried to steal, how much he well, tried, tried to, to steal. But going forward, this is a, oh, yeah. this is a thing? Oh, yeah. Well, they're going to, it's going to be worse. And that's why I keep saying, if you have a, a time you want to like be out of the country for a couple yeah. of months, January 2025 mm. is when the shit is going to hit the fan. You've said it, yeah. And I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, isn't it funny the way the world's coming apart, but on a side of medical issues, life doesn't seem horrible. Life's never, never been we're, better. We're, never it's, been better? It's never, it's, I mean, in terms of how long we live, how well we live, how much nourished we are. personally. Has my life ever been better? No, last two years pretty much sucked. But in spite of them sucking, <laughs> yeah. in spite of them sucking, I had a lot of sources of real happiness and enjoyed a lot of things. It's like, of course, would you want to be thirty years younger for health reasons? Of yeah. course. Yeah. But would I want to go back? No. Because no. if I still had to have that dumbass brain, <laughs> that's what I. I that's and, and I was deep in workaholism, painful right. workaholism. Like I mean, really, I was like a, just on a health level. Like yeah. even though my body is much, of course less able to fend off bad and create good at this age, I still think I'm healthier because yeah. I'm so much smarter about yeah. it. The yeah. things I used to do yeah. to myself, sometimes knowingly, sometimes unknowingly, I feel like I'm so much smarter about it. And so, I agree. Yeah. I agree. You uh, know, speaking well, of doing things I want to do, one of the things I did, was one of the many things I was going to bring up with you, well, let me bring up the two things that had fled my mind and now I remember. One was, I go down to Texas to do podcasts, and when, I was, when I'm down there, they immediately go, oh, yeah, we're free to do whatever. No one gets in the way. We're free to do anything we want. And, and, I, and I, thought, I thought it was kind of libertarian. And when they say that to you, it scares you. You go, well, not everything. It's weird how, how when some people really talk about freedom, it's, it's excessive. I, I understand people wanting to, like, control what comes out of factories and you know what I mean and clear the air and uh, maybe secondhand smoke so they went a little too far but eh, we can get the balance right perhaps now tell me this as a person who studies the brain as you were saying that I just remembered you singing karaoke down acro- here across the it was way. you and me not just me it was the two of us that I don't remember. <laughs> I think I have the picture on my phone. Oh, no, no, okay, I believe you. I trust you. And, and I think we were doing. Uh, now, why did I just remember that? Uh, and all maybe night something long, I've about, been talking to you. And maybe I, something I, about the way I said it or I something. Must, isn't that funny? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I remember that. Our brains are very oh. interesting instruments. I, I've spent isn't my it life interesting the way them. they move the furniture and like like I'm I've always been a good caveman. By that I mean I've like left evidence for myself mm. of my past. <laughs> I used to diligently 
write a <laughs> journal. Like I'd spend a whole oh, day no. like writing it, like I was writing it to the world. Yeah, John uh, Adams. Every, <laughs> yeah, like really, I'd like have a first draft. I'm like I'm writing to me. Like every three months, I had it like the seventh day of January and April. Oh, that's fantastic. And, and I did it for years mm. and years and years. I feel bad that I didn't. I'm jealous that you did that. Is there anything worthwhile in it? Um, well, everyone's, you can check things. The point I was making was that I remembered, I was telling this story, this hysterical thing that happened once with me, and this is have to be about late 80s, 90. I was in a long relationship, mm. and uh, my girlfriend and I were somewhere on the road. I did probably a comedy club or something, and... Uh, I remembered as Washington, D.C. I could have sworn I would have bet the house. And the story was, we were, it was after the show, we wanted to get dinner, we come up to this restaurant, and like they're literally just coming up to the door to put the clothes sign. Oh, yeah. They all want to go home. Yeah, yeah. And the owner sees that there's two customers, and he tells the guy, let him in, and they're like, <laughs> and the, the speed with which the dinner came. Mm. And like everything, because they wanted to leave, sure. was we were like in tears, laughing. It's like, oh yes, and I'll have the oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then literally the vacuum <laughs> while we're still eating, you know, hysterical. <laughs> and I could have sworn this happened in Washington D.C. and in my di- diary, whatever. I looked, it was London. Well, our was, our memories it? are notoriously inaccurate notoriously. Really? They're repeatedly reconstructed units, and we, if we make a mistake in one of the reconstruction, it sticks. You mean you're not Sanjay Gupta? <laughs> no, I'm not. That's not me. I mean, and, there's, and there's different have, oh. qualities of memory, too. Have you uh, interviewed, uh, what's her name from Taxi? Uh, oh, who I has, think we're going to do that here. You know, she has Mary Lou Henner. Mary Lou Henner has, has perfect, perfect autobiographical... I, I had an experience Isn't where I remember. Isn't that amazing? I remembered her watching her with David Letterman on The Tonight Show in 1979, and she told me exactly what she was wearing and what their conversation was. And because it was a, I was very depressed watching it, and I remembered it for some reason, uh, she was, that's exactly how I remembered it. It is amazing the, the complete, um, whatever it is, panoply of thought from idiot to like, normal people yeah. like us yeah. to like people like that who have a special quality like yeah. that or like I always say everything that we love is because of like 20 people in history 20 scientists who discovered the basic things why is there electricity oh yeah you know like it's a it's a very small number of yes. people and they stood on each other's shoulders yes. often but Einstein and Newton and you know, Copernicus and yeah. these people, and they figured out shit looking at the planets about light and infrared and yeah. how all this works. And we, so we just sit here comfortably in our soft underwear and, you know, with electricity no, right. and there's heat. And, and could we figure out how to do any of it? No. No. no this, is the, this is the extraordinary phenomenology of the human experience which is alone, we are helpless and worthless, but in a social setting, standing on the shoulders of one another. But especially in that area. Science. We just glommed yeah, on. Technology. To the, to the, to the, luckily, there was just this tiny, tiny, tiny percentage of people at the could very top. That could do it. Who could figure it out. And um, they really shouldn't, should have gotten a bigger royalty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, if I was the agent for yeah. Isaac Newton... I would have asked for a much bigger upfront. Uh, <laughs> he lost everything in the South. Piece of you know, he lost back every, end of he, gravity. He lost, lost everything in the South Sea bubble. He gambled on the South Sea bubble and Which lost was, everything. What tulips? It's like tulips, but it was a land thing, a land speculation thing. Really? Yeah, isn't that funny. A lot of those old dudes who did so much. Well, how about the fact that they're all discarded now because they're old white dudes? That, that's really a, scary. That's unfortunate. I, I Isaac just, Newton. What did he do? What is dick on someone? <laughs> <laughs> I'll knock that apple off with my dick. <laughs> that was the little the Isaac Newton story you never heard. Uh, <laughs> what did he do? <laughs> really? I, I don't know any of these guys. They just were hardworking scientists. I know. So who's been canceled? I mean, they canceled Columbus. Yep. Because he had slaves, as everyone. Well, I hear this mostly in the realm of philosophy. 
Like the philosophical discourse has no meaning because it's a bunch of old white guys thinking about things. Well, I mean, there is that. I mean, yeah. I mean, that, I do, that's another thing I do in my act just because it just drives me nuts. It's like young people who think that they're somehow being enlightened by judging people from hundreds of years ago. And my argument always is to them is, do you think if you lived back then, you'd have been fucking Nostradamus? Right. And we're like, oh no, yeah. I can see that, no you wouldn't, you would have done what everyone did back then. If, if you were way ahead of your curve and were a highly moral person, you would have felt uncomfortable or concerned about it and still done it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It just, like, I don't think it crossed their minds. Yeah. You know whose whose minds it did not cross that slavery was wrong? Who's that? Everyone in the Bible. Right. It yeah. just doesn't cross their mind. Yeah. No one, they, they make a million rules about slavery, like, a man kills your slave, you may kill his slave. <laughs> but but miss, no one ever went, how about, about let's not do it? With no slavery <laughs> like, thing. No. Maybe God didn't what? like that. <laughs> That's right. Okay. You know, that never, I don't think it came up in the meeting. I really don't. It just, it's just, that's where people were. Yeah. Human, I mean. We evolve. Know, we evolve well, in our ideas. We evolve I mean, biologically. Right. I mean, in 80,000 B.C. Yeah. Would you not characterize sex as rape? Probably. I'm sure a lot of it was. Yeah, if not exclusively. I don't think it was. That's what I mean. Like animals, don't yeah. ask each other out to dinner. Yeah. I think we were still sort of in the animal phase. Yeah. Where you know she bent over at the stream and showed her bulbous buttocks. Yeah. yeah. And you know, maybe this is still working for you. Antics <laughs> ensue. Yeah. Thankfully, it's just and my wife a, that does a that. A guy to me. came up behind yeah. and. I mean, you see, that. I mean, should we cancel that? <laughs> they, I, I were, they were technically humans. Well, that's that's you know, the insanity. And, you know, Fred Flintstone. <laughs> <laughs> the insanity of all this is that inconsistency in the reality of evolution of history. That we're supposed to be... Well, I mean, just as humans yeah. evolve yeah. as we grow older, so does mankind in general. Yeah, yes. Society evolves, morality evolves, right. ideas I mean, evolve. We're doing it actually faster than we used to. Than we maybe should even. That's part of the problem. Right, but I mean, not but morally in yeah. general, I'm I'm certainly on the page of the way we've evolved. Yeah. With civil rights. Absolutely. Obviously, of course. Yeah. You know, it's it's actually insulting that we even have to like sort of say it. Yes. I mean, it should be assumed. Trust me. Yes. You know, I, we're we're basic liberals who've always believed in everyone should be treated equally and with dignity and. You know, with gay stuff. Oh, we've all been good spokesmen for that forever. I yes. mean, it's just, it's some... I, I think there was a shift from, though, equality of opportunity to equality of outcome. That's a different, yes. Yeah. And I that's think what, that sort of shifted And now that is debatable. Yeah. And that's something that should be debated. Yeah. But, you know, it's just a shame that, going back to what we were saying, you're always sort of like suspect in a way that, like, oh, come on. Haven't we well, this earned is that a projection. little? I know we earned a little yeah. trust. Well, this is like I said. I've got we're a hit not article. fucking Nazis. I, I've got a hit article coming out on me to that effect. Like he used to be really? this. Now supposedly that's what I'm hearing. A hit article. Yeah, it's, I'll Where? bring it to you. La La magazine. Something oh, like for that. fuck's sake! And, and so, and it's all that stuff. It's like, oh, he's so different now. Or it's it's all that projection of their right. disgusting material that they're putting on so us. True. I've been the same forever. I've not changed. Right. And you you have a bunch of stuff you're pouring out into the world well, that you want to look at. I always say about the media, it's never about the truth. It's always about a narrative. Oh, my God, which is, to me, the weirdest thing in the world as a scientist. That's well, insane. But that's you know insane. that's the truth. It's absolutely and I, true. I don't think it's, it's, I think it has ever been thus. I just think it's worse now. It's, it's, they just don't care. But they, they, the narrative is more important than the truth. It that, is the that's only the problem. Thing. The only thing, like yeah. Dr. Drew is the same guy. It's not a, it's not a narrative. Right. That's the truth. That's exactly the right. The narrative. Is Dr. Drew changed? Yes, See, there's some more things he did. Yeah. Doc, my battery's dying. Yeah. <laughs> and then my, this, my, my agent <laughs> battery is dying all, too, and metaphorically. All, and also my microphone's <laughs> dying. <laughs> Great to uh, really a pleasure. fucking chew the shit with you. We gotta hang out some more. Yeah, I'm coming we'll to Clip Random. I'm coming. Yeah.